All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, how are you, sir? Dude, I'm doing great. Another week of uh, some great NFL action, some unpredictable games, and um, loving my Steelers right now, so I'm on cloud nine. Yeah, it must be nice to have your team undefeated or with just one loss or less than two losses or, you know, you know. Anyways, hmm. uh, week, uh, week six is in the books. We've watched uh, six weeks of football. We've seen teams win. We've seen teams lose. We've seen teams tie. We've seen good teams battle, bad teams battle. And we're really getting starting to get more and more clarity every single week. Um, this is our Power Rankings episode. And uh, every week I, I kind of start us off and then you finish us off. But before I go into my power rankings, I kind of wanted to give a full disclosure on how I did mine this week. So through these past five weeks, I have done a, uh, a power ranking based off of, you know, going into the following week. And then I've also been using my previous week's power rankings to kind of adjust, you know, uh, this week I threw that all out the window. I, I pretended I didn't haven't haven't done a power rankings yet. And I started fresh with after six weeks, who I thought were the best teams in the league and who I thought would win in a game this coming week. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to take it away, right? Run it. Coming, coming in at number 10, the 4-2 and two Indianapolis Colts. Uh, this one's tough, but this team's still a plus 42 on the year, which is literally mm-hmm. tremendous. It's one of the best in the league. Uh, they're undefeated at home. So in Dome Elements, Philip Rivers is going to be a factor outside of dome elements. He's going to be exactly what we think he is, very limited. Uh, but this team's very good defensively. They haven't really shown the ability to dominate up front with a run game yet, which is kind of weird. But I think it's within within something they can probably do this season. And uh, th- you know th- they've beaten good teams and they've they've you know they've struggled against all right teams. That tough loss to Jacksonville kind of highlights this team. But outside of that, Indianapolis Colts are a good football team. I have them at number ten. Coming in at number nine, this is uh, this is gonna upset some people, but it is what it is. I got the Buffalo Bills. They're four and two. Uh, they're negative twelve in point differential on the year, which is by far the worst on this list. But I, I will, I will <laughs> say this: their two losses are to the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans. Those are the best two losses in the entire league for anybody that has two losses. But they're keeping New England alive. And now there's another team, the Dolphins, who have smelled blood. I'm not sure what to make of the Buffalo Bills. I said this a couple weeks ago on the pod that if you look up any big game Josh Allen's ever played, he's always struggled in it. And, I mean, I'd argue that the, big, the biggest two games they played this year were against Tennessee and against KC, and they lost both. Coming in at number eight, the Chicago Bears. They're 5-1. and one. Uh, They're plus 12 in the year. 3-0 on the road, undefeated on the road. And they lost – their only loss was to Nick Foles starting his first game against the Colts defense. Uh, I'm not going to hold that one too hard against them. I've heard some people say this is the worst 5-1 and team in the entire league and worst 5-1 and team ever. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause the breaks there. This is a very good defensive team. And they – I would say they're limited – they're limited offensively, but I think this team can get it done in a cold-weather games, which is – I mean, man, it's it's mid-October. We're getting into late October here pretty soon. Uh, 
I don't know. I like the Chicago Bears moving forward. And questionably, <clears throat> they're better than this next team. The number seven team I have is the Green Bay Packers falling way down this week. Uh, coming in at four and one. They're plus 23 on the year. But uh, here, here's my biggest problem with this team. It seems like they can't beat the teams that they're supposed to beat or the teams that are super physical. Uh, I think a lot of people probably picked them to beat Tampa Bay this past week, and they came out super flat. And here's a here's a staggering statistic I've seen this week. <sighs> Aaron Rodgers, when trailing at any point in a football game, even if it's by a point, at any point in a football game when he's trailing, his win percentage is 447%. He doesn't even have a coin flip chance at coming back when he trails at any point in a football game. That right there is staggering. And, and just for what it's worth, Tim Tebow's percentage is 53%. Moving right along. Coming in at number six, the Baltimore Ravens at 5-1. and one. Uh, they're, they're plus 75 in the year, which is by far the best in the league. I am a little worried about how this team uh, is if they're trailing, but they don't trail a lot. They take the lead a lot, and they're the best running team in the league. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, as, as of right now, they're playing good enough defense to get the job done. And, uh, you know, still, what, in my opinion, the most dangerous team with a lead in the entire league. Coming in at number five, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at four and two. They're plus 55 on the year. It's uh, third best in the league. They're undefeated at home. Uh, turned back the clock. Uh, finally looked like Rob Gronkowski. Um, this team beat a very good Packers team, but this team can beat you multiple ways. They can beat you defensively. They can beat you offensively. And as of right now, they're one of the more scary teams in the league. I like what they're doing, and uh, they're moving in the right direction, starting to finally get healthy. You're starting to see Godwin back in the lineup, Evans, uh, and again, Gronk's getting going. And, you know, as this team starts to get more of a uh, – and Ronald Jones Jr. has been tremendous too, I mean, to be fair. So as they start to get Leonard Fournette back, this team's just going to get so much better. Coming in at number four, five and zero, oh, the Seattle Seahawks. They're plus thirty-four in the league. They were on a bye this week. You know, I don't have them moving too uh, high or low. I don't remember where I had them last week. Doesn't really matter. Russell Wilson, he's the reason they're at four. Uh, Nineteen touchdowns, three picks. The only bad thing, and this team would be so much higher. They're giving up. I can't, I can't believe this is real. Four hundred and seventy yards per game. On defense, it's really bad, um, but Russell Wilson gives you a chance every single Sunday, and for that, therefore, coming in at number three, the most dominant run defense I've probably ever seen in my life, the Pittsburgh Steelers at five and zero. They're plus sixty-two on the on the year, and uh, of all the teams in the entire league, there's some teams, mind you, that have played um, five games. There's some teams that have played six games. Uh, they're the only team to not allow 100 points yet. So doing it defensively, and, th and finally, now they look like they're an offensive threat too. Uh, Chase Claypool is emerging. Big things out of this team moving forward. Uh, I think the Ravens are in trouble. I think this might be the best team in the AFC North. At least I have them there. Coming in at number two, this team is they're, – they're the new powerhouse that we need to be talking about. The Tennessee Titans, they're 5-0. and They're plus 38 on the year, which isn't super impressive. But the things that I like about them is they're able to win any way possible. Throwing the ball, running the ball, playing defense, clock management, 
whatever it takes. Derrick Henry is unreal. They call him King Henry for a reason. Ryan Tannehill, what, what, any tape or numbers or strategy or whatever it is that you have tied to the Dolphins, throw it out. It's gone. He's, he's moved past that. Mike Vrabel is one of the best coaches and up-and-coming coaches in this league. We don't talk about him truly enough. We talk about Shanahan's and McVay's and, and all the other coaches, but we don't talk about Mike Vrabel enough. We need to start. He's too good. Uh, there's a situation that he pulled in the game this weekend in clock management. We'll talk more about on the podcast tomorrow. I want to get into that. Um, the only downfall, the only downfall I have on this team is they don't blow anybody really out. They did play the bills pretty tough last week, but they don't really blow too many teams out and they just lost Taylor Lewan for the year. Coming in at number one, the defending Super Bowl champions. This team's very good. I told you last week, I wasn't going to beat them up over their one loss for the first time since last November. And they followed up this week beating the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs at 5-1, and one, plus 48 on the year. Patrick Mahomes has been incredible, 15 touchdowns, <clears> just <throat> one, one interception. And what do good teams do this time of year? They get better. They go out and they land Le'Veon Bell, uh, which is going to compliment Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who just had, God, I think 160-odd rushing yards last night. Um, just when you think they don't need a Pro Bowl caliber back, they add one. This team has a top two tight end, a top two quarterback, a top two to five receiver. I mean, truly, they're, they're great at everything. They have a top two um, defensive lineman. Um, it just seems like even if they don't have the best player, they have a top two player, top three player. Uh, they're loaded in every position on their group uh, outside of probably linebacker, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, on the outside looking in, this team smells blood. And they're pulling their quarterback and they're starting to uh, the Dolphins 3-2. and two. I had them right on the outside. I really wanted to put them in at number 10. I just couldn't quite couldn't quite pull the trigger because of Tua. Uh, the Rams at 4-2. and two. This team just can't beat the good teams yet. As soon as they beat a good team, they're, swap, they're, they're popping over the Colts. You know, I, I have them right there with maybe the Bills because, mind you, these teams would just head to head and they were right there with the Bills. As soon as they beat that good team, they're they're right there. And then the Browns. Lord. Browns are a good football team. They're held back by their quarterback. They're held back by the fact that they can't beat the elite teams. They can beat good teams. They can't beat elite teams. You know, when they when they Pittsburgh and the Ravens, they get demolished and they can't score 10 points. That's a problem. And uh, because of that, they found their way out of my top 10 this week. Yeah. Okay. That you, you hit a lot of stuff. So, I mean, usually I go a little bit faster. You cover a lot of details I have on my paper. <clears throat> the 10th spot was really hard to find that last team to fit in. Yeah, but it was. There, there is a team you haven't mentioned that I've been a big advocate for. Um, and I want to get back on, back on to them. I have the Cardinals at number 10. That's fair. Um, the Cardinals, a lot of people talk about some of the things they're missing on defense, but um, they have 112 points allowed on the season. That's number one in the NFC, and it's number five in the NFL. However, four teams ahead of them have played one less game. So this defense of the Cardinals is for real. We've had a couple early slip-ups. we got to remember how young Kyler Murray is still and all these new weapons and toys. But the, the Cardinals have been able to get it done their point differential is plus 54, which is fourth in the NFL. So 
this this team does have two losses, but the Cardinals are one and zero in division, and I don't think they're a team anybody wants to face. But that ten spot is really up for grabs with a lot of teams. Um, number nine, it's the same for me. The Bills have have fallen four or five spots the last few weeks because when they ran into the other teams, they're going to have to beat in the playoffs or two teams they may see. They've lost both. And both of those teams were able to make Josh Allen look pretty pedestrian after an un- unbelievable start. So the Bills have fallen, still a top 10 team, very respectable. But if a couple of these other teams have good games, the Bills could find themselves on the outside looking in. Going to number eight. I can't unsee what happened to the Green Bay Packers. They fall from one to eight. I, I know that's a very very questionable call for me to drop them that far. However, in the last two years, they've been blown out by Eagles, 49ers, now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, all NFC teams that play physical at the line of scrimmage. Aaron Rodgers had been hit nine times all season before this game. He was hit 11 times in that game. Um, And Aaron Rodgers, the stat you alluded to, I also saw that stat. He quit. He totally gave up after that second interception. And I believe everyone watching the game felt the same way. They, they made the Packers look awfully average. And that's scary because the, every other team I have higher than them has been more consistent. I believe the Bills have even been more consistent. But I'm respecting the Packers' record here with only one loss. Number seven, Tampa Bay. They come, they come back into the top ten. I have them at number seven like to see a little more consistency I feel with the game against the Packers we didn't learn anything new about their offense quite honestly I thought their offense was pretty average Tom Brady 166 yards they ran the ball incredibly well which is good to see especially without Leonard Fournette but my god that defense just took over this is a top three defense and it's up there with the Steelers and the Ravens as the top three defenses in the league and if their defense plays like that Tom Brady is going to He's just going to win games. He, he knows he knows too much. He's too experienced. With a defense like that, they're a tough out. Number six, um, something I didn't talk to Jeff about, but I would like to give my uh, early seasons. Uh, week 12, I might change this. I'm going to give week 12 me to change it one time. This is my Super Bowl prediction uh, for the team to make it out of the NFC. I believe the Chicago Bears will wrap the NFC in the Super Bowl. I am incredibly high on the Chicago Bears. They have a lot of close wins. Their first game after a switch at quarterback changing of the system, they lose to a good defensive team in the Colts, who are right outside my top 10. But this team has two two games that they've won coming back from 15 points. They've led at times. They have a defensive MVP candidate on the defense. And I like Nick Foles in the playoffs, and I don't think anyone could argue he doesn't elevate his game at that time of play. Number five, which might contradict it a little bit, I didn't want to bring down the Seahawks after a bye week. They didn't play. I don't like anything about Seattle except Russell Wilson and their wide receivers. He makes it all work. I believe this team is just too dependent on one guy to keep this pace up, but I'll respect their undefeated record at number five, although I don't think they're the best team in the NFC. With that being said, my top four all AFC teams. I believe it's a slaughter fest. I'm going to start with number four at the Ravens. Their point differential is plus 75. That's number one in the league. Their margin of victory is 12.5. That's number one in the league. 
Their points allowed is 104. That's second in the league. Outside of the Kansas City Chiefs, this team seems rather unbeatable, and the Chiefs will be ahead of them, but the Ravens are incredible. We do want to see them play from behind efficiently, but to be honest with that defense, there's not too many times that they are behind. So the Ravens are number four currently. Number three, Kansas City Chiefs. I still think they have holes on the defense. Um, the Raiders, who is their only loss, put up 40-plus points on them. I do think that's scary, especially with how many high-powered offenses are in the league currently. But with Mahomes, they've never lost by more than eight points. It's going to be hard for them to fall out of the top three at any point in the season. I don't see them losing too many games. Numbers two and one. This is obviously to hype up the unquestioned matchup of the weekend, the undefeated Titans and the undefeated Steelers. However, obviously, I have the Titans at number two. The Titans have played incredible. Derrick Henry is an absolute beast. Outside of the Bills, who they did beat on a really weird, weird game, they've had to scratch and claw for every win. They haven't looked truly dominant, although they show splashes of being unstoppable. Mike Vrabel, I believe, is the head candidate for coach of the year thus far with this Titans group. I can't agree more with that. But I have the Titans at number two, but the winner of this weekend's game will be number one. I believe that will be for you too. We'll see. But at number one, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, last year, they struggled to score 26. That was the most points they've scored. This year, they've scored 26, 26, 28, 38, and 38. The Steelers' offense has changed overnight by getting Big Ben back. He looks amazing. 11 touchdowns, one interception. Then you talk about Claypool, Juju, and the emergence of the rookie, Chase Claypool. Then in the running game, in our five games, James Conner has three games with over 100 yards and a touchdown. And in one of those games that he doesn't, one of our other running backs, Benny Snell, went for 113 yards. The Steelers can run and throw. They move the ball almost at will at times. Their point differential is 62. That's second in the league, only behind the Ravens. Margin of victory, 12.4. Second, only behind the Ravens. And like you alluded to, 94 points allowed, although they are one of nine teams that have only played five games. They have not allowed 100 points yet. The Steelers lead the league in sacks, and 30 team, or 22 teams have played one extra game. They're absolutely smothering quarterbacks. They have playmakers everywhere. Kansas City has the strongest offense in the league. I truly believe they still have the strongest offense, especially with Le'Veon Bell. But there is no one unit stronger in football than the front seven of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They, it's... It's absolutely astonishing to watch, and I believe this is the best defense Big Ben's had. Um, the Steelers can beat teams multiple ways, and they just blew out a, a, everyone thought to be a good team, including me. They were in my top ten. The Browns were 4-1 and one and got destroyed. The Browns are also being outscored 76-13 to 13 against the Steelers and Ravens if that gap needed to be shown. Um, that's my list. Just a few kind of fun facts I was looking around at. In terms of the Steelers-Ravens rivalry this year, they're the only two teams that have double-digit margin of victory. I've already spoken to their point differential and defensive statistics, how they're one and two in the league. The four seed is going to have to play one of these two teams in the first round of the playoffs. That four seed is looking like whatever team comes out of the AFC East whether it be the Bills, Patriots, or Dolphins, 
it's looking like an absolutely brutal matchup in Buffalo because no matter who the home team is, if it, if it is Buffalo or New England, it's not really a far travel for these teams. But it's going to be an outdoor, snowy, probably physical playoff game. That's going to be a lot of fun. Two, um, the Washington football team's point differential is minus 54, and the Jags is minus 56. Those are second and third worst in the league. I'll say that again, 54 and negative 56. The Jets is negative 110 points they have been beat by. That is how far and away the Jets are the worst team. They also just made a trade and gave away one of their team captains' defensive tackles to the Buccaneers, who lost Vita Vea. Insert Richardson, I believe his name is. Um, there's a ton of teams sitting outside my top 10. Colts right out there, Rams, uh, Panthers, Saints, Raiders, Dolphins. Outside of the NFC East division winner, these playoffs are going to be incredibly fun. Again, the top half of the league seems to be, you know, furthering themselves. And we're starting to see a bigger picture on who our good teams are. But um, NFL season has been incredibly fun. And although you might have another team at first, second, or third, I don't believe the top three is arguable Steelers, Titans, Chiefs in any in any particular order. But um, I gave my NFC prediction. I do. I, I'm going to say the Steelers come out of the AFC. I'd like to see a Steelers-Bears Super Bowl. But I'll send it back to you, Jeff. What, what are you thinking on what I've said here so far? Um, you nailed it. I think we, we differ on a few things. Um, I guess I, you know, I think you had the Bucks at seven. You had the Ravens at five, right? I had the Ravens at four. You had the Ravens at four. Can I ask who you think would win in a game today, the Buccaneers or the Ravens? I like the Ravens. You would like the Ravens in that specific matchup? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I, honestly, I there's not too many teams I, I think would be. KC's their kryptonite. Last year in the playoffs, the Titans beat them in our most recent you know, head-to-head on those teams. And maybe I shouldn't do this, but the Steelers, I think I've said this a multitude of times, have played the Ravens twice last year without Big Ben. Yeah. One went to overtime and the other one was a four point game, I believe. And that's without yeah. Ben Roethlisberger. That's with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. So um, I believe any team that can stop the run has a chance to beat the Ravens, though. And that's what the Buccaneers do well. Yeah. So I would yeah. be shocked. That's a marquee matchup. But um, I, I like to take the record into consideration because it, I mean, I do, I, too. Two, I do, too. I do, too, for sure. That's yeah. the only reason I have Seattle at five. Seattle could lose one game, and they might not be in my top ten. That's how out I I just they, – they're so reliant on one guy. But, I mean, he's playing incredible. Yeah. But, I mean, geez, Louise. What do you think about this matchup? Uh, who would you take, Seattle or Green Bay, in a match today? I, I'll take the quarterback, Russell Wilson. Interesting. Yeah, I think those I think those teams are pretty close. I think I think Green Bay pays a little bit better defense. I just like what Seattle does throughout the course of a game and how they score consistently. They don't give up. It's just yeah. it's a well it machine. Like Seattle just has their number. And again, I a lot of teams take on the persona of their quarterback, even with the Steelers. You know, a little bit loose, not always the most disciplined. That's kind of big Ben. Yeah. Um, Seattle. Seattle's always down to business, and with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, the team follows and, and goes as they go, and it's all about Russell Wilson. It's just hard to put a team in the top three or four when I feel like it's really just one, one guy, but yeah, that's what MVPs yeah. are 
that's what that's what they do. So, yeah, a couple of big time matchups this week that are really, really going to start to shape what this top 10 is looking like. Um, and something, you know, we may do uh, maybe at the halfway point, maybe at like week 10 or something or, you know, maybe we'll do this after all the buys are done. Instead of giving our power, you know, our, our top 10 teams, maybe we'll give our, our projected playoff seeds every single week. Maybe that's what we'll do after the buys are completely done. But some big games this week, the Steelers and Titans, 5-0 and versus 5-0. and That's going to play heavy into these power rankings this coming week. Uh, the 3-3 three and three Panthers at the 3-2 and two Saints. I think the Saints are one of the, one of the top teams to benefit from a buy already this year. They really needed it, really get things um, oiled up. Uh, they get hopefully get Mike Thomas back. That's a big one for the for that the rankings. Was a, that was a team I had spot for a while, like leading up to these rankings was the yeah. Saints. Uh, getting Michael Thomas back, that that's a huge boost to this team. It's their best offensive player. It's the same thing we'd be saying if the Panthers get um, Christian McCaffrey back. So yeah, uh, another big one: the five and Seahawks at the four and two Cardinals. Uh, your preseason pick was the Cardinals before the season started for that division. That's a huge game for them. Uh, that will definitely start to shape up the, the top 10 as well. Uh, kind of an under-the-radar game because this is two teams that both of us have had multiple times in our in our top 10. I think we both think highly of this team long-term. Uh, the 3-3 three and three Niners at the 2-3 and three Patriots. Both these teams pretty much need a win. This is, this is going to be a, a tight in that game. And then... Uh, this this one's huge too. The four and two Bucks at the three and two Raiders. I think if the Raiders win this game, both of us would have a hard time leaving the Raiders off of the oh, top ten. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, I already do. I right yeah. now, it's hard to keep the Raiders off. Uh, that offense is unbelievable. The way they've been able to play so far this season. I mean, you can't ignore it. Yeah, and then last but not least on Monday night, the five and one Bears at the four and two Rams. Uh, super exciting week of football coming. Uh, we'll go into this past weekend's game by game breakdowns tomorrow. Uh, a couple of things I definitely want to talk about tomorrow is just uh, I want to go in on Vrabel. Okay, I want to go in on what's wrong with the Patriots. I want to go in on and let you go in on how you know there's a lot of people that came at you about your what was perceived bias about the Steelers going into this season and how uh, how right you have been so up to this point. So uh, to be fair, you've been pretty humble about how good they have been because they've honestly been better than what you've even said. So I, I've um, been wrong on a lot of teams too. I, I try and own up on that. Um, yeah. Like the 49ers this weekend, I didn't think they would be able to bounce back the way they did. Played incredible. And that NFC West, not only is no team have a negative point differential – but the lowest one is the 49ers who are still plus 18. I mean, yeah. The division's ruthless and not many of them have played each other yet. So that's going to be that's going to yeah. be an intense division. There's also a pretty fun matchup this week that we haven't uh, you know I didn't talk about, but uh you know the Falcons get their first win and now they have the Lions at the Falcons. Hey, two teams that have showed a little bit of promise both coming off wins this weekend. Um it'll be interesting. Do the Falcons move to 2 and 0 without Dan Quinn? Lots of storylines, lots to talk about. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. And yeah. uh, hopefully you guys checked out our, our Real Talk Live. If you have not, it's up on the YouTube channel. Uh, this will be up on the YouTube channel as well. So if you're listening to this on the uh, on Spotify or Apple Podcast or, or Anchor, whatever you listen to us on, um, 
give the YouTube channel a try. Subscribe if you can and uh, leave us a comment. Let you know how you think. Yeah, and just uh, keep your eyes open because teams that are fighting for the wild card spot, you know, in a lot of these divisions, you know, the AFC East in total outside of the Jets, the Cleveland Browns, you look at the NFC West, Panthers, Saints, uh, Lions could maybe even make a run inside that division. But the trade deadline is coming up, and there's a few bad teams that may be looking to gain momentum into the draft or looking forward to next year. You know, you talk about, you know, the Browns, do they want a secondary piece for an OBJ or a Jarvis Landry? Or you look at the Falcons, what, you know, especially after the performance he just had, what could they get for Julio Jones to a team that's trying to push themselves into the playoffs? Um, the Raiders could be looking for a defensive piece. There's uh, um, there's just a lot of teams out there that, you know, we got about two or three weeks left before the trade deadline. Lots of big name players could be on the move. So it should be Absolutely. fun. But um, thank you guys for listening and tuning in again. And, uh, you know, we'll see you tomorrow on the division or the, the game breakdowns. Yeah. Take care of yourselves, guys. Have a good one. Later.